0: Let's do it. We get some good reception. How's it? Dude, so I was thinking about this, and uh, we got to put out more episodes, man. I feel like, you know, we were thinking about maybe bi weekly or whatever, but if we can swing it, I feel like we should do even more than that. And let me tell you I'm, why. Let me okay. tell you why. Okay. It's because I'm very, very frugal, and this podcasting hosting costs me like 14 bucks a month. And if, we're gonna, if it's going to cost me 14 bucks, dude, got to get like four episodes in that bitch. You know how about
1: four, how about fourteen episodes? That's
0: what I'm saying, dude. Like one dollar <laughs> per
1: upload. It's brilliant. I'll do that. I'll do it. I do it. I, I'm ready to do it whenever you want to do it. I thought you traveled an awful lot and I got and I just sat around here, so I thought maybe you weren't that into it. I thought maybe you weren't that into me.
0: Yeah, no, I was uh I was getting a little bit tired of it just because I was getting tired of like the the workload or whatever, but I caught some sort of second wind recently where um I'm the kind of person who needs little um, victories in order to continue going, and so over the past year, it's just been failure after failure after failure. But <laughs> I kind of just have kept going, and I've gotten like little tiny wins in the past month—little little tiny ones—and so I, I just feel like, yeah, I'm energized and ready to go. So if I—if you ever feel—if you ever feel me slipping away from you. Be like, just give me a call and be like, hey, dude, I think I think you're doing great. and I'll. Be, I'll
1: be... <laughs> See, I, I hesitate to do that. I have a couple. I have a lot of friends like you. I, I cultivate friends like yourself. These yeah. disasters. Mm-hmm. So but some of them, if I if I feel them slipping away, I've described it as trying to pick up cigarette ashes. Like mm-hmm. you can't really mm-hmm. you can't you can't squeeze them too tight. I can't squeeze you too tight, buddy because then okay. if i do that then you then you just dissolve and you go away for longer. Right. So i try to so i'm not sure what exactly is the perfect perfect balance. For myself it's this is like therapy because i'm not doing anything right now mm-hmm. except like sometimes grading papers, sometimes being miserable. Um i can't seem to make any friends in california. I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. <laughs> I think this place is kind of weird. So it this sounds like a cry for help, but I think we might be able to fix this if I – let's buy like a movie pass and share it. And then maybe – I think that we could probably divide it between the two of us if we figure out what um, movie theater is near you. Yeah, I'll fake some IDs. I just watched The Great Escape. They had a lot of document forging in that. Whatever we have to do to share a movie pass, I think that would be better too because I – like I saw some bad movies recently. I feel like I wasted a lot of money.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and that well movie that, pass is this insane thing i mean i was seeing i was actually looking at this yesterday it's funny that you mention it but it's a completely ridiculous business model that is super super good for like you and me but i have no idea how that's supposed to make money yeah. ever
1: i don't know if uh, watching bad movies makes me not want to talk about them a little bit uh-huh. but i think if i had a movie pass and they were free i'd feel like it was my job or something mm-hmm. I, I think it would, might give me a little boost on I can do it. So what were
0: the bad movies that you saw recently? Oh,
1: fuck. Fucking Jurassic House. Mm-hmm, was mm-hmm, bad. Mm-hmm. Um, which people stole that, by the way. I coined that phrase. I saw that movie like opening night, called it Jurassic House on Twitter. Now it's people are using that. I should copyright that shit, dude. Let me ask to- you
0: a question. Let me ask you a Twitter-related question. Do you think it's worse, the people who just never – like tweets ever you ever get like comments from people who they'll never like your tweet but sometimes they'll they'll comment it on it and kind of like riff on your joke or whatever but you never get that fucking heart or (laughs) is this the other the the other one the person who let's say you do a tweet and somebody who's more famous and successful than you replies to the tweet like people will go and like that reply but not like your original oh yeah yeah that's that's one that just gets under i'm like real because you know it'll be a more successful author on my Twitter will rep- reply oh, to me yeah. and be like, "Yeah, dude, that's awesome." And people will like, "Yeah, dude, that's awesome." And it's like, "You fucking sycophantic!" I know. That's the way they are, bastards, dude.
1: That's the way they are, dude. It's that's what I was saying the other day. Like the, it's just what a miracle that people that perceive somebody more successful or as successful as, as themselves, they just they just feel like they, they have more to talk about with that person. Isn't mm. it a miracle? It's mm. such a miracle that they just open up a little yeah. bit more when that person's a little more famous. Right, it's right. fucking gross. But yeah, on, mostly on Facebook, people, um, I've got a lot of people who have decided to maybe once every couple months contradict something I say, but never have anything interesting to say. Uh-huh. So, it's, And because I'm I'm like a fucking savant with Facebook, I look at it like the like the fucking stock market and pie. Mm-hmm. I I know exactly when all these people ever communicate with me and I I, would, I think most people would too. Like you don't it's not a surprise if somebody stops by say once every couple months to be a dick. Sure. So what is going what an imaginary relationship do they have with me? Are they they must hate me, I guess. Uh uh-huh, yeah. And, and my my policy is I don't un- unfriend anybody. I just wait for them to take to show themselves out right. by being by being annoying. So I'm never going to defriend them. But it's what what are they going through where it just builds up and builds up. And once a month, they're like, I'm just going to say something snarky.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and and who, who are I don't know who they are usually, but they clearly have an imaginary relationship where they hate my ass.
0: Yeah,
1: I just had him, this one dude. I won't say his name because um, it'll he'll think he's more special than he is. But this fucking dude, he pops up like once every probably every two months. And it's always a smart ass commenter to contradict me. Mm-hmm. And I never respond because I just, th- there's, he doesn't even leave me any room to respond.
0: Well, you don't feed the trolls, bro.
1: But it's, it's weird. It's not even troll behavior. I can't even respect it for that. It, mm-hmm. It's, it's just this. Clearly, this person doesn't like me. So why do you want to fucking scold me?
0: Yeah. I think of, that it has a lot to do. There's a lot going on, I think, right now with people. Um, There is this really elevated sense of self-importance right now, and it has a lot to do with how we're being manipulated by the media cycle. So I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. So basically, uh, I think what has been happening to people is that they're so bombarded by bad news that they've actually um adopted all of this national bad news as their own personal bad news which is really really strange you know because people will say things to the effect of oh well you know it's easy for you to not be bothered by xyz because you're xyz and it all becomes a part of like this Uh. identity so i think what ends up happening is i think that you probably just catch people at a time where they saw that oh you know uh judge kennedy I didn't even know that Judge Kennedy was a judge until today, literally. Like, sad, I know, but I didn't even know that guy existed. But he's stepping down, leaving this hole open for it to be filled with some kind of monster, I'm sure, that Trump will put in there. And so people see that, and it's no longer, like, just bad news. It's, It's personal. It's like being told that you've been fired or being told that, like, your dad died or whatever. So I think that instead of just catching people in, like, kind of a shitty mood because they've been sitting on a train for an hour or, you know, their day at work was really bad, I feel like people now have, like, these catastrophic moods. And I think that um, because of that, they also think that people who say things on the internet are also, like, directly in front of them. There's this weird mm-hmm. breaking down of this barrier. This There used to be this membrane, I think, between... The internet and people and it doesn't exist anymore ever since we pretty much bought phones that kind of tether the internet to our hip right and so mm-hmm. i think that the, it's just it's a complete breakdown and i think they probably take the things you say really personally in that moment
1: yeah and they're having they're you know 10 10 conversations deep on an argument you don't know anything about so by the time they even respond they responded in their mind plus to other people you haven't seen the response. So they've already hit that red line of screaming right. if you want to talk about anything. But these people are um, – they're coming at me with stuff that – like, yeah, t- you're right. You're absolutely right. Today, shitty news day. And that's the stuff that I talk about with people. I know I just said earlier I have no friends, but I, you know, I'm married, so we talk about current events quite a bit. I talk about current events with my colleagues so when I get on Facebook, I want to post about a fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to talk to you about politics because all you're doing is Googling shit anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I can Google that myself. So when somebody swoops in, like – and today I had somebody say uh, something about people posting about frivolous shit when the world's burning. It's like, yes, the world is burning. And it's funny. They're actually referring to our podcast of uh, of uh, dipshit heat. And what's <laughs> what's cracks me up is if they listen to it, they would hear a very nuanced – breakdown of the problem with police officers today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do talk about important shit amidst all the bullshit. And even if I don't fuck off, man, I don't want to talk to you about it on Facebook. And that doesn't mean I don't care about it. As I said to someone else, it's amazing. I can hate literally dozens of things at the same time, Mm -hmm. just because I'm not talking about what's on somebody else's mind at that moment. Doesn't mean I don't care about the state of like Roe v. Wade or whatever's gonna go get shit canned because he's gonna put somebody else in there. Yes, I'm fully aware of that. It it makes me insane. But you know what? I'm also really mad about dipshit heat. And I can <laughs> and all these things fit very, very uh um easily into the same uh oh, it's brain. like
0: and it's like think about it this way, dude. I mean <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think that's the last word on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is the last word uh, on the subject. But, yeah, but yeah. To answer your question, I saw Jurassic House. I called it Jurassic House. And now, 48 hours later, everybody's calling it Jurassic House because they steal my fucking jokes. Yeah, I think that's the biggest... There's somebody else on Facebook. There's this this woman that everybody loves. She posts these really clever things, like the other day she posted... Is your refrigerator running because I'd vote for that over anybody else that's running and I thought that's a really clever line I bet somebody else said that and I so I've gotten in the habit of googling every one of her posts and they're always jokes from like two years ago yeah and for some reason people are like how do you this is a, that's a joke thief right what are you doing right No like, I think
0: uh, now it's called a content aggregator
1: <laughs> is that what she is yeah but she posts that that thing got like 300 likes I'm thinking she didn't say that. Right. Meanwhile, I'm giving you gold over here. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know- oh,
0: dude! I was thinking about what you were saying though about like people who. Um- you know, or like you, the world is burning. I love this image of just some fucking loser sitting on their couch, and taking zero proactive measures to make anything better, and being mad that everybody else isn't squealing at their screens. Like, I have a picture of this person is. That's just so funny to me. You know what I mean? It's like, why can't everybody be mad in the exact same way that I, I am? Know. It's do, like, did you do you watch Bill Maher? No, I fucking hate Bill Maher. That guy's a weird, slimy slimer.
1: I know. Everybody hates Bill Maher. He actually had a very interesting takedown of exactly what you're describing. Now, even if you hate Bill Maher, you know, what's the saying that even the sun shines on a dog's ass some days? Right. Bill Maher has some really on point shit about what he talks about the culture wars as far Mm as these, um, the obsession of being on the internet and saying the perfect, the, given the perfect zinger, but not actually doing anything, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's—I'll I'll send it to you because I, it was on the other day. Um, I've got HBO over here, and I thought, man, that—that that is one of the smartest things I've heard recently about the way that we're wasting our time trying to own someone on the internet,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and meanwhile, the fucking psychos are marching people into positions of power un. You know, uninhibited. We're going to have two Supreme Court justices because we, but then somebody's like, oh man, did you see that sick burn that fucking so and so did to Trump today on Twitter? Mm-hmm. It's like, and meanwhile, nothing, we're losing everything. And yeah. it's because people are fighting this battle on the internet that's so meaningless. And he, it all
0: he- goes back to the fact that liberals and the left in general really think that words matter, right? Yeah. You'll see it from the top down. You know, if you say, a bad word about somebody who belongs to this particular group, then you're actually a bad person because you can't say bad things because bad words are actual violence. And on the flip side of that coin, using words to own people on the right is thought of as being a real job, real work that yeah. you're doing there. And it's yes. like words are not fucking real. And Republicans get that totally. They'll play the dipshit hillbilly every time, but they keep winning because yeah, they, they, they just, do. they just, they just, they do things, you know, they, they they're like, I'm not going to sit here and get into a slap fight with you. Unless, of course, you're like Mike Huckabee, who is has styled himself now as like sort of a stand up comedian on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that. But anyway, no. it's like they they just they don't fuck around. But like liberals have this obsession with words being real and, yeah, they're, they're, and they're just well, not. You
1: know, and it's because they're typically more clever and they're, you know, that's why there's no conservative comedians that are worth a shit. So if you're clever, clever's great. But you need some of that uh, dipshit resolve, maybe, to start getting some people in positions of power because right. everything's slipping away. And I was thinking about that today with uh, the Supreme Court thing, like you know, because everybody's yelling at everybody right now on the internet saying, "Man, if you voted for Bernie, this one's on you, fuckers!" If you did, if you uh, didn't vote for Hillary, it's your fault. And I was thinking that you know, I don't even know who I'm so I'm I, I'm legitimately confused now because like if either one of them uh, it's i can't even explain it like yes i think didn't somebody run the numbers and bernie sanders would have won but then again yeah. if the bernie if the bernie people wouldn't have been dicks about hillary clinton she would have won so the the bottom line is no matter which way you look at it the left ate itself we had a third yeah. party a third party ruiner without even having one How lame do you have to be to fuck up yourself? It's like we're going to give you all the damage of a third party without even having one because that's how used used to be in pieces of shit. Our side is like you can't shut the fuck up and just win this thing. Yeah, you know. And I blame both sides, man. And I'm not even using a false equivalency. Either one of them could be president right now, but everybody had to be pure. Everybody had to be right. Mm
0: -hmm. Everybody Mm -hmm. had
1: to be. Everybody had to be the most clever. So we're fucked, man. We're stuck with this. Literal monster, you mm-hmm, know
0: mm-hmm. anyway, that
1: yeah. and, oh, and again, I don't want to say i was I was into hating Trump before it was cool, but I pissed on that fucker's building back in like two thousand <laughs> and nine <laughs> and fucking owned and and I owned him, and I posted on Facebook about it, and I was like, that's all it takes yeah. that's all you got to do just take and, a whiz on that building, dude, eventually post, it'll wear and post, down like and a post about it, think about how I was so proud of that, you know see i I owned him. Yeah. And meanwhile, and so, that, so anyway, that's about as much as that did, that's
0: anyway. on on the almost good podcast for the first almost fifteen <laughs> minutes, almost twenty minutes. Actually, you got some incisive political commentary. So whoever yes. said that thing about it being frivolous,
1: that's fuck right. you, buddy. Fuck you. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm just because of that person because they were talking about dipshit heat. I have some more thoughts on dipshit heat because I revisited it. I swore to you I would never watch it again, but I couldn't help it because now it's available on on the uh, on the fucking pay per view. And I actually paused it on this moment. Can you still hear me? Yes. Do you remember we were, we were really enjoyed that moment where he talked about street theater when yes. he said, it's, it's street theater, baby. Well, this is the kind of shit I get obsessed with. I, I After I saw the movie, I couldn't stop thinking about what was on those text messages because they had taken the time to put a whole series of text messages on the phone and it just flashes it real quick. So you mm-hmm, just see the mm-hmm. bottom one and you read the bottom one, which is like, hey, it was fun fucking around or whatever. So I wanted to go back and look at what those texts were, what the movie thought was important to put in those text messages. And what they say is it's a series of questions from his wife asking him to pick up cough syrup. Yeah. And then when he doesn't, she's like, hello, hello, hello. And then he finally says, yeah, sorry, been busy, babe. And then comes the the one that we actually see clearly. But yeah, I saw Did you see the new Jurassic Park? It's fucking bad, dude. It's. It's worse than it's worse than uh, Den of Thieves, I would say.
0: No, I would have seen it, but I, again, that's something that I probably would have seen with uh, Movie Pass. Like, I, I mean, if it was free, I would have gone, you know, if I, I had two hours. I,
1: I, that's what I was thinking, because in the car, we usually have fun ripping apart a movie. And uh, Amy was like, I'm not even having a lot of fun talking about this movie with you right now, because I was really mad about it. And I think it's because it was like 40 bucks because I had to go to the Dolby version, because mm. the... I thought, hey, it's gonna have dinosaurs stomping their feet. I want the I want it in Dolby. And the other ones sold out and so yeah, I I just I wasted so much money. It was just a cheap it was cheaply made. It looked like shit. And I'm not joking when I say that two thirds of that movie takes place in a fucking house.
0: Which is really weird actually, you know, with such a big budget and it's like, oh I can see the the meeting for it though. It's like, hey, here's a twist that nobody would see coming. What if it took place in a house? And it's like it's kind of like what they did in The Lost World where the T-Rex is loose in the city.
1: That's what, yeah, that's what they wanted to do. Like, There's a scene where the, t- where the um, there's not even a T-Rex. They had to build a new dinosaur for this one. So they have an Uber Raptor or something equally mm-hmm. dumb, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be this genius creature. And of course it's slipping on fucking banana peels and they can't, <laughs> and it, it can't turn a corner without going, whoops. <laughs> it's like, what are these, ge- they're supposed to be weapons, you know, they're genetically True. engineered super beasts. Right, And all somebody's got to do is take a turn really quick. And they're like, whoopsie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's
0: probably to keep the violence level down because if you kept the creature as smart as it was supposed to be, you'd have to kill it really fast to keep it from just destroying everybody, you know? And I think yeah, that's,
1: yeah, you know, you're right. It, they do, they do a lot of juggling to keep these things at a distance from people. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's, I guess one good thing about it is it's, it's more. It seemed more violent as far as what it was doing to human beings. Right. There's some lingering ma- mauling of people. Mm-hmm. If you remember the as the movies go, that has been escalating steadily. The first movie um, was pretty bloodless. Yeah. Um, and uh, they, they're pushing that as far as they can go, but the scale just doesn't make any sense. You know, they they show these awe-inspiring shots of these giants. You know, but now, and I'm not even kidding, these things are in a basement. Mm -hmm. they're they're corralled like in the vestibule of waiting to go out a door together and it's like didn't you show aren't they like skyscraper sized in one of those movies Mm. they have the the tall neck thing next to the other thing the stegosaurus next to the fucking tyrannosaurus and they're all milling around in this one sequence where they're trying to get through this door and they're i'm not even joking they're in a basement (laughs) they're in the basement of a house so they just they just shrink and grow depending on how the stupid movie wants to use them. And it's not even really a house. That may, I've realized when I've complained about it to people, they have a very natural reaction like you did. And they say, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to grab them and say, it's not interesting. Turn back. It's right. not interesting. Right. Right. The house is not really a house. The house has a control center, just like the park. The house has a big dungeon. It has a, an, a big slave auction sequence where what? It, there's a sequence where they're auctioning off the dinosaurs where they seem to be putting them into oh, cages. I see. I
0: see.
1: Rolling them out in front of a bunch of tuxedoed assholes who are bidding on them. Um, and this sequence is exactly the kind of thing you'd have like outdoors, but it fits in the basement somehow. And oh, remember when it was so hard to get these creatures into cages? Mm-hmm. Remember when the first movie the opening sequences you can't even get close to it you can't even put your you can't even put your fucking uh, taser in there or it's going to find a way to pull It'll you literally in literally like
0: chew your dick off like it did to that one guy who was like yeah,
1: yeah. You, they're they're so dangerous you can't even get close in this off screen they're apparently just hustling them into the same cage over and over again and rolling them out to sell them and these are the super predator ones Mm-hmm. so they they've even those rules are abandoned or um remembered depending on whether it needs them or not and so it's got it's not really a house it's the park it's the park but it's a cheap version of the park it's like we want to do the park, but we can't afford it. So what if we just have a house and a control room? But it's just weird because Jurassic World was like the fourth
0: biggest grossing movie of all time. and it's like, I know, but they don't,
1: they don't fucking care, dude. It's like uh, Hunger Games was one of the biggest grossing movies. And those movies look like straight-to-TV horse shit. Mm-hmm. If you don't have to put – once I, this is my theory. I can't prove it. But I think once you have a sure thing, like you just said, the first movie or the, the first reboot, huge hit they're like, well, we don't need to fucking put any money into it because people are going to come no matter what. Because mm-hmm. it kind of took a beating. Critics gave it a beating, and it still made money. They, they're like, people are going to hate it anyway, but they're still going to go. And guess what? They're right because I fucking did it the same thing. Mm-hmm. I went and I gave them my 40 bucks to God sit down Goddamn, the- that's, for- that's a lot of money, dude. 40 fucking bucks, and I did exactly what uh, what they predicted. So they didn't have to make it good. They didn't have to make the script good. They didn't have to make the effects good. People are acting like it's this um, purposeful uh, subversion of the of the formula by putting it in a house. It's just a way to make it cheap. It looked cheap.
0: I, can like, I switch gears real fast? Because I don't really care about this movie. Sure. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I like uh, I'll complain about whatever you want to. Complain about. <laughs> nice, because I do have another. I do have something <laughs> to complain about, and I feel like we have both seen this, and we I think we both hated it. So, can we talk about how terrible? that trailer for the predator is
1: and how bad, how bad that movie's going to be. Speaking my language, dude, you're speaking my language because people are excited about it. And it looks like, it looks like a combination of the first predator with alien versus predator requiem. Right. 100%. Right. And also as I think I was talking to you about this, every beat of that movie is in the trailer. I know the whole movie. I know the whole movie. Mm. -hmm. Mm.
0: -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that, um, They told you the entire plot of the movie except for who dies and when, but you kind of know even like who dies because I think you see some (laughs) people getting murked in the trailer. Um, But they, from the very beginning, they take you beat by beat by beat. It's like, and it makes me think like, did the movie just do that for five minutes and you can have the whole movie in there, you know, and I never have to see it because I probably will because it's Shane Black, right? He he wrote the script, directed yeah, and it,
1: and he hasn't really taken a a wrong move yet. I no. guess his his weakest thing, I guess, was probably that uh, Iron Man three. Yeah, um, I think it's
0: I ha- it's going to be one of those things where I think that if the movie has any redeeming factors at all, it's going to be in the kind of scene by scene dialogue heavy fun, you know. But like, right. it, it, why? Okay, they did the same thing in Jurassic World, right? There's a new dinosaur, and it's really fucking smart, and it eats all the other dinosaurs. It's a super, super predator. And they did this thing in Predator where there's like a giant predator
1: with a big (laughs) brain or something. What do you call a super predator predator? It's Well, I don't
0: know what it was, but I told you last night I wish that – I knew how to draw because I really had this urge to draw, like, the predator just giving a blowjob to the <laughs> big
1: predator. I don't know why that overcame me, but I, I felt like doing it's, it. It's understandable because the bigger one is all muscle-bound and it looks like... Uh, he's, like, uh, crotch it, height and he's, like, thrusting out. He's, like... And welcome. it should... that That's the kind of thing that ends up on a kid's notebook, all mm-hmm. sorts of pervy sketches while they're sitting in study hall. Right. They're going to they are gonna draw that, that predator. But, yeah, it's its like Alien versus Predator Requiem where the predator's... Deal with a larger threat because at some point, maybe the comic book fucking people can tell me why this happened, but there's this urge to make the Predators slightly good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, if anybody remembers the first movie, that's not the case, but apparently, because once there was an alien skull glimpsed in the second movie, mm-hmm the fucking nerds lost their mind and like, oh, we got to see that together. So they put a comic book version of that together where the predator befriends a human being to fight the aliens. And I don't think that's a good idea. I think that that's a terrible, terrible thing because then you get, they wanted to do it again, clearly, and they couldn't be. So they just have the alien now represents this or the super predator represents the alien. Mm-hmm. It's more, it looks more animalistic. It, if the glimpse I saw, it almost seemed more naked. Is that, Is it a experiment gone wrong? Uh, You know, who cares? That just means that the Predator is going to have a begrudging alliance with a human being. And uh, I hate that shit. Yeah, I do too.
0: Yeah, and I think that it all kind of – I think that the reason why that happened, I can't – I'm trying to remember what happens in the comic books because I did collect the comics when I was in elementary school.
1: But I think those those were right on the verge of me not reading comic books anymore but sure. I remember I remember the covers I remember mm-hmm. that, it's, that it it definitely had a moment where a predator was friends with a human being I don't know yeah. their fist their fist bumping or what
0: Yeah <laughs> Yeah, and it culminated, I think, in Predator versus Batman, which was a big deal to me. back. Yeah, and
1: started. that – so that touched a nerve. People want that. People mm-hmm. want it to be our friend. Yeah. But isn't it called a predator that it's here to kill us?
0: Yeah, well, the, the idea is that um, I think over time that idea <laughs> – whoever initially thought of it was like, wouldn't it be scary if there was something that came here and hunted us? But people – because uh movies are our only source of empathy generation i think people started to like identify with the creature you know what i mean they're like oh wait no that's me i'm that thing it kind of <laughs> it kind of happened in a weird way with the alien movies too like the aliens aren't really scary anymore they're just these these poor tools of a of a society that created them or this evil robot that created them right yeah yeah they it's,
1: they they went down that route too you're right
0: so it's like they're killers but they're killers because of this circumstance or like with the predator it's like oh that's just that's their culture you know like they go from galaxy to galaxy hunting things you know so i don't know man i think that it's the wackest shit ever
1: it occurs to me that it might be it might be the result of just telling too much story about something that should be represented in very simple terms so the alien and the first alien is this evil thing, but you see very little of it. And there's a whole mythology that was developed just by glimpses of things, right? Sure. You you get a glimpse of another alien race. You get a glimpse of its reproductive cycle. Well, then people get a hold of that, and they like it so much, and they understandably say, let's fill in the gaps. I love filling in those gaps on my own with conversations with people. I don't necessarily like filling in those gaps in the movie. I don't want to see a movie version of every single Glimpse, And that's what uh, Prometheus was, was let's take that one glimpse we had of that guy in the big chair, make a whole movie about it. And, and I think what's happened with Predator is they're like, look at this. What society must he be from? You know, Look at what is he carries these skulls and, he, and it has this little laser on its shoulder. And somebody thought we, went, we need to dig further into that. And I don't think you do. I think that there's something to be said to keeping that shit at arm's length.
0: I actually – I kind of liked Predators, that last movie that they did. Yeah, I actually enjoyed that at the time. It was boiled that – dude, it was the – of course they fucked it up towards the end. But at the beginning, the concept is perfect. It's a team of like criminal assassins, like the baddest people in the universe, and they're getting hunted by these predators on this planet, right? That's it. That's all you need. That's the formula right there.
1: I I, I think it was less of whatever that plot was than – I think it had a competent director. Was that Robert Rodriguez did that movie? Or was he produced it or I something? I think he
0: produced it. Yeah, I don't think he directed it.
1: I remember my expectations were so low, and that might have had something to do with it. I thought, mm-hmm. this is going to fucking suck. We're on another planet? I don't want to do that. This is all about an Earthbound threat. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it kind of made it into one of those um, you know, five characters in search of an exit. There wasn't really another planet. It was a way- the movie had, rem- had taken people and put them in an arena, yeah for us to watch battle this out and it by doing that like you said it boiled it down it distilled all the bullshit down to this just a survival game and so it wasn't as much of a science it's ironically it was it felt less sci-fi than like mm-hmm. Pre- predator 2 even though it was on another planet it felt like it it had distilled it to its essence
0: i liked predator 2 a lot by the way that's a great movie
1: <laughs> i think that's a generational thing yeah I, I think for those of us that grew up with, see a predator in the theater. Predator Two was a real letdown, but I think right around that age gap, <laughs> there's there's I don't I can't understand it. The same with Ghostbusters Two. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't tolerate any either of those movies, but for some reason they just they resonate with 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 whelps like yourself.
0: Actually, I'm going to take uh, those little cuts as like time for us to move on. So uh, sure because it's, yeah, cause it's been over 30 minutes and I think we need to We, we, <laughs> we gotta, haven't tr- got we gotta, to our main event yet We gotta try to keep these under an hour I think that's really the key I'm trying to do it with the JDO show too With like future interviews I'm gonna really try to keep it to like 45 minutes So we're Let's talking see. about hereditary
1: We are But can I um, ignore everything you just said And ask you one question Sure, did, ask the question Did you see the trailer for um, Mandy today? No The Nicholas Cage? No. Uh, I did not. Did you like beyond the black rainbow? I didn't see it. God damn it. Mm -mm. Why don't you watch it right now? Oh, good idea. Yeah. I'll put it on while we're talking. I think that, um, it'll go into some of the things that I'm going to ask you about hereditary later. Okay. Um, once you, but you should find it anyway. Hereditary, how about that?
0: Huh? That was fun. Well, that was actually a pleasant surprise. I was really, I kind of just, I think I described it on Twitter as uh, if Wes Anderson was good at making movies and was also <laughs> evil. So it had the whole yeah, like that, small like thing. all the little the little
1: dollhouse shit. I love that yeah, stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it was used to an actual effect that made sense within the context of the film, rather than just like a filmmaker who's like, I like small things, you know, that's the (laughs) difference between, you know, filmmakers who are able to take things that kind of interest them and put them into a story that other people care about versus these kind of savants who are like, I'm going to make a whole movie about trains or some shit. You know what I mean? And everybody's going to care because this is what my little, I'm a little tweet artist who rolls up the cuffs of my jeans and rides a four speed, whatever. Anyway, (laughs) Um, so you
1: think maybe it's maybe it's because you have that, like, inherent hatred for twee mm-hmm. that this was a sort of a twee horror movie. It, it was, they, yeah. They, you could probably make a case that they are in a dollhouse themselves. There were a lot of cuts that made that stuff a little ambiguous. It mm-hmm. zoomed in, and, and they were actually in a dollhouse. Uh-huh. Like, it's like at the end of, what was it, uh, Della Morte, Della More, where it, it turns out he's they live in a snow globe. right. It it leaves that door open, and I think that that makes it a little different than than uh, the typical um, horror movie. I don't know.
0: Yeah, there's that. I think um, it kind of moves into schlocky territory, though, which I really appreciated because I mean it keeps it from being like the twee stuff is where um, you know everybody's really quiet all the time, and you know they're like kind of there was a way that um, I. Read a tweet once where somebody described the music of Modest Mouse. Are you familiar with Modest Mouse? Oh yeah, I got and a couple of theirs. They said that the the singer of Modest Mouse always sounds like he's being chased with a garden hose,
1: right? <laughs> he's very he's very shouty.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> and that's kind of like what what little twee movies remind me of. They're like little like people just whimpering and oh, I'm just I'm making things. I make things. Movies where people make things with their hands. <laughs> sometimes drive me a little crazy it's like the it's like the evil twin version of how much i love process shots it's like i'll watch somebody sweep for an hour but i don't want to see like a scene of somebody just being oh real ass. clever yeah, I,
1: I, I love hand acting i love good hand acting okay i like movies that good give good hand there's a <laughs> you ever see the ice storm with mm. uh, uh, what's her name uh with ripley Ripley was in it. There's a shot where she – there's a key party, one of those 70s parties where you put your keys in a bowl and then you pick out some car keys and go fuck someone else's husband. Oh, nice. And there's a shot of uh, her leaving her keys in the key bowl and it's definitely some serious hand acting. Like the hand is moving just a little saucier than it needs to. It's <laughs> great hand acting there. And angel heart has some of the best hand acting. Oh, there's a lot, sure, yeah. of, a lot of shots of Mickey work reaching into drawers filled with conspicuously interesting things and yeah. moving, moving them around and you don't really need to move them around that way. So I, I dig the I dig the hand stuff and this movie has some of that. So you, um, where you, maybe that's why it, it set you up so well that it it shits all over that house, you know? Yeah. It's it's like Jackass when they show a dollhouse shot and an actual human-sized turd falls on it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this movie exactly. kind of does that. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, and I, I, I loved that. I loved – I think, yeah, what makes it so great? Well, it starts off really, really good. I mean it's just competent filmmaking at a certain point. You know, you realize how incompetent most movies are.
1: Well, is light. it – is it? Does that mean that we? Re- that's how incompetent most horror movies are.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I'm trying to think if incompetent is even the right word. I think it's just that it doesn't feel like a made-for-TV movie the way most horror movies do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're um, right. I don't really know how else to qua- like quantify—not quantify, but qualify well,
1: that. But do you remember all the rumors of art house horror? People are already. Saying like this is one of those art house horror movies, like Babadook or yeah. uh, It It Follows or right. the uh, fucking uh, The Witch. So they're already mad at it. Mm-hmm. People were saying that it wasn't one of our movies, the Gorehounds, but it's gory as hell. Like it, right. it's is as you pointed out earlier. This is more this is more Blumhouse than art house.
0: Yeah.
1: The director, I was read an interview with him today, and he said horror movie tropes are very much there. Mm-hmm. he says i tried to what is, well, let me fold it i tried to imbue the the tropes with a personal urgency without looking down my nose at them that is an interesting quote because he he relishes in the tropes of a horror movie and people still want to deny him that they still want to say this is an art movie not a horror right, movie right. And even the creator is telling you no you're wrong man this is right down the middle lane of Horror movie. I got all the tropes there, and if you put me in the art house corner, um, that says more about you, you know. Yeah, the, I mean, even when the, it's like our it's like our new metal discussion, dude. Like right,
0: right. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, even when uh, the little girl gets her her head knocked off by the telephone pole, which is a very startling scene. Oh my like god! they they cut back to it being covered in flies and maggots and stuff. It's like <laughs> if it was really arty, wouldn't it be like, oh, we're going to shy away from you know the unnecessary. Yeah, you know but, what I mean. No, it, it goes is right. That... It goes right for all the gory moments, and like it, the camera doesn't pan away from stuff, and it gets like gross. And dis- there's a scene where like the ants are crawling all over that dude's face in the dream. It's super nasty. It's like a nasty film. It's just a
1: mean movie. It, it, it's it's mean. It's mean. Like um, and the ants on her face. That was kind of a confusing moment because how long did they leave that head out there? She found it. She finds their daughter decapitated the next morning, and it you see the 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 shot of the head on the side of the road and then it jumps forward months maybe
0: mm-hmm.
1: but is that hinting that they never got the head back because no, no they didn't get the head back because it was my impression that the he,
0: that was the head they used for the the statue at the end oh
1: right you're right
0: yeah, yeah. Because there was a whole thing – he says – he's on record as saying that the cult was responsible for her losing her head in that way because you know, there's that little symbol on the telephone pole. I don't really know how that works unless it's some kind of magical magnetism that kind of synchronistically pulled them towards that spot. But yeah, the idea was that they wanted that head.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I forgot that the head was on that totem. So the coven, um, they're the ones that uh, – they – they grab the head, and they're the ones that manipulate everything. So they're so they're really there. When you see somebody in a, the background of a shot that's grinning like an evil ghost, that's mm-hmm. just that's just somebody from the coven, right? That's not an evil ghost at all. That's they're just all mixed through society. I think my cat's sure. shit somewhere. I smell. Something. <laughs> it's a horrible smell. That's my my cat's gonna trying to conjure up something by smearing shit everywhere with these little symbols. Oh Jesus. Are you are you part of a coven, cat? Hold on, I'm on a. No, it's in the litter box. Yay! Woo! Little, vic- little victories today. Little victories. Nice, nice. Thank God. But yeah, but yeah, no, I was I was
0: gonna say with uh uh Hered- with the creepiest part of that movie for me actually was the kind of like blank old people. There's a there's a scene where the mom is going through all of her mother's old things, like these boxes and boxes of stuff. And she finds this photo album, and she's flipping through it. And there's like – at this point, I think you kind of have an idea of like what exactly the the grandma was up to. So there's something like kind of sinister about these otherwise innocent-seeming pictures. And there's a picture in particular of her like being uh, kind of showered in gold coins by her fellow cult <laughs> yeah, members. Right. And something about that struck me as
1: massively upsetting. And like well, just cre- cre- yeah there. no you're absolutely right it's creepy because it's it kind of goes back to that um so this is me making an assumption that you know what my driver's ed instructor said to me back in like seventh grade yeah. so i might have to give you some context okay but my driver's ed instructor was listening to i think AC/DC was on the radio when we was he's trying to teach me how to drive in terrible ways and it was the song highway to hell and i said to him um because I was not paying any attention to what I was supposed to be doing. I just wanted to talk about songs on the radio with the guy and not pay attention, which is why I almost failed my driver's test. Mm -hmm. I'm like, let's talk about ACDC to buddy. I said, what, why do Satanists want to go to hell if uh, you'll be tormented the rest of your life or for eternity? And the driver's ed instructor who was up to that point was a total idiot. said something I thought was pretty smart. He said, because to a Satanist, it's just a big party. Mm and i thought holy shit i got to rethink all these all these like uh, uh, si- uh, supposed satanistic heavy metal albums right. like i thought i thought they were in a death cult that wanted to be punished but instead they want a big party yeah. and so those old people with the gold coins um, is that aspect of of the party and it's and i think that's creepy i think that's yeah. even cre- it's slightly creepier than just wishing for something evil to happen like you don't it's not as wicked as it is selfish and it mm-hmm. makes it It makes it almost a little more tangible because it adds capitalism to Satanism. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's freaky. And it's – yeah, and it's all like these old – there's a lot of like I think very subtle kind of like boomer symbology too because it's all these old people who've already lived and they're just like preying on – these these kids' bodies, so that they can conjure up a demon that can just get them more gold and more wisdom. And it's like, oh my god, how much have you already sucked out of? <laughs> you've been with this family for generations, just moving like using their bodies as hosts. So that why? I mean, you're still like, I mean, you're still an old person. No
1: offense to old people, but it's like you're. It's got yeah. It's a little done. bit of that. Uh, a little bit of that fear was in Get Out. You know, with the uh, oh yeah use, yeah totally totally
0: yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, and of course there was the racial element to get out. But I'm glad you pointed that out. That is kind of a a a, a sync theme that's kind of like moving through uh, horror and movies it's, lately. it's
1: part of that fear of of the boomers using us, like uh, you know, or using using up all the resources, you know, and going even beyond the grave, using up the resources. There's that movie coming out,
0: The Nun, which is like this old woman, right? Who's like, I think, yeah, old people are 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 the major scary villains right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, that's. I think you might have tapped into something there. Here we go. But dude, the the um, as far as the ideas that this being an art house movie, I think what what throws people off, and I think that's why it's such a successful combination of things is that it 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 it, it has all that shit for the gore hounds, but it has real grief in it.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And th- and that that throws you off mm-hmm. because a, a horror movie is not supposed to engage on that level. So. I've seen a lot of people that push back against this movie and like ah oh, fuck that movie and they're like give, giving shit to the actor that plays the kid like well, is he good crying like a little bitch mm-hmm. it's like because they they can't accept the fact that that's a real reaction to a horrific situation and they don't want it too real you don't want a uh you know um you don't want a documentary style realism to your to your your Satan movie because it, it it makes things because it's got real cheese, which throws off some of the crowd, Mm -hmm. but then it's got real grief, which throws off some of the rest of the crowd. And so all in all, that's a, that's to me, that's a perfect storm of interesting, but to a lot of people, they pick, they take sides. Now they're like, I don't want, I don't want this. And you don't want that. And I think the director was right when he said, it's, it's not such a mystery of what's going on. He respects the tropes, Enough not to look at them ironically. It's like uh, John Carpenter when they asked him about all his horror movies, and they said, "Have you ever th- thought about doing a satirical to, a take on on horror?" And he's like, "I don't do that shit." Yeah, who does yeah. that shit? Right, couldn't even right. imagine. He couldn't imagine the snark of today. Right. And I mean, his movies got pretty bad there towards the end. Sure. But, he, but he, to him, it was he was his sincerity um, is what makes it is what makes that. It takes that middle ground of being both art house and um, and pulpy, and I think this movie, that's heart is in the right place. I think I, he very
0: sincerely made Ghosts of Mars, um, <laughs> but uh, yo, yeah, yeah, um,
1: yeah. So, I, 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 I was still, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say that.
0: But no, I think that one of the things uh, that you mentioned about Hereditary showing real grief, I was thinking about this, and it kind of goes back to I think people say that they want to go see horror movies because they want to, you know, be scared, right? Uh, but I think that they actually kind of want to go to horror movies to see death trivialized. That's a yeah. big um, part of it. You, yeah. want, you want to see a, a slasher movie where – 15 people bite it in fun. It's why people laugh at these movies, right? They go and they're like, isn't it hilarious that this person got their head cut off? And Hereditary, though, it does have some kind of maybe darkly funny moments, I think. Like, Hereditary doesn't really, except for that last maybe scene with the mom where she's sawing her own head off or whatever. Oh, like, fuck. I, I keep thinking about that. Yeah, it's like, it, it doesn't really, it, it's not trying to, like, make you laugh at this kind It's it's taking it seriously
1: in a way. In a way. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I think that um, as far as the little girl, they found a very interesting looking actress anyway. Mm-hmm. But they also, you know, as near as I can understand the plot, there's a, there's a demon that starts out with her. It was unhappy in that body. So they want to switch bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but you only learn that later. So. Even if she is possessed by a demon in those opening scenes, it still just comes across as a very um, painfully shy, disconnected child. Mm-hmm. So I felt really bad when she died. Yeah, me too. And even though later they're like, why did you feel bad? That was a fucking demon. It's like that demon acted like every adolescent I've ever known. And it it was really sad. Right. So, And the family treated it. Even if it, you know, the family didn't know it was a demon. So the family is really going through some shit. Yeah. So that stuff really threw me off. And when that head comes off, the crowd—I saw it with a packed crowd—and um, you know, a lot of people were saying people are, really hate this movie. Gorehounds hate it. They were uh, they were hanging on every moment. Mm-hmm. They there was a nervous laughter when her head came off, but there was a vibe in the theater like they had, they were in over their heads.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> that they had they had come to the wrong movie on a Friday night they're going to stick it out and the ner- the laugh the nervous laughter continued but um, there was a vibe of this isn't the movie we thought it was but we're still on board because it, it feels it feels real or feels yeah. it feels like it's doing something that it intends to do so the nervous laughter was not like oh shit all bets are off this movie sucks it was well whatever this guy is taking us He's taking us there deliberately and through some sort of skill. And even the dumbest person in the theater can feel that competence, I think. Totally. Even if by the end they flip and they say, what's this? Because it gets real pedantic with the explanation mm-hmm. when, the, when the movie has that weird narration. Um, and that's probably a bit of a misstep. But um, that's when I felt people revolting. And then when we were leaving the theater like, what? Fuck that. That's when it lost them. But it, it had him under its thumb. Um, until the last five minutes. I saw it happen in real time. I saw a, a crowd of teens with it until the last five minutes. Interesting.
0: Yeah, that that is very, very interesting to me. Well, it does, it takes kind of a risk there at the end by showing so much. And it's one of those, I feel like the line between things that are, Truly scary and truly ridiculous is razor thin, which is why mm-hmm. horror movies in particular seem to have such a divided response. It's not – I never heard somebody say, I thought that movie was okay with regards to a horror film. It either sucks or it rules.
1: And I think because uh, – I hate that, dude. that That's what my sister calls the the casuals because I'm always talking about go see more movies if every movie you see is the greatest thing you've ever seen or the worst thing you've right. ever seen.
0: Right, exactly. Why,
1: why is that your reaction to it? So people want to claim this as they've discovered the greatest film ever made. Mm -hmm. And they're not that. They're even great movies. You have to put them in context of other films. And this is a very good, you know, pastiche of other movies. Mm -hmm. You know, the it's the the Rosemary's baby stuff of looking through the um, looking through the old pictures and seeing creepy old people. And that's sort of a reveal. All this stuff is in other films. And I'm not necessarily saying that this movie rips them off. I think it's it, it it wears its influences on its sleeve. And anybody who thinks that this is truly original vision hasn't seen a lot of movies.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those things. I was thinking about this in the context of music because I've been listening to this new Death Grips album a whole bunch, which is it's super, super good. It's yeah. like finally feels like their sound, which has a lot of kind of disparate, weird um, influences. Like in this record, it all kind of comes together. And so it's all to me, making cool art is all about, it's like soldering, you know? It's like you take these different parts and you see like how well you can change those parts just enough to fit this one continuous stream of influence. And maybe through that recombining, you do something interesting, right? So it's not like, oh, this movie was super original, but I haven't seen those elements kind of recombined in such an effective way in a long time, but I kind of I kind of want to go back to like that ending and how yeah. it can kind of throw people off i I get really suspicious about when people say that they like or don't like things now I understand it's completely subjective and I understand that everything's not gonna work for everybody else, but i'm I think that there are more people than we might realize who say that they either like or dislike something when that's not really how they felt while they were experiencing the art in and of itself. I think like that walking out of the theater opinion, as soon as you walk out and you're like, that's not a real opinion. You know what I mean? But people, as soon as they walk out, they have a judgment, thumbs up or thumbs down. And then it becomes a process of building up evidence to support that that feeling, but it's not a valid feeling when you are And those, out of that it's not
1: valid at all. And that position is almost exclusively based on the reactions of others. You're in a theater with other people, and there's there's no way to have the perfect mu- uh, movie experience that would give you a legitimate reaction that that you couldn't assign um, to the effect of other environmental factors. As, as idiotic as that sounds, yeah. There's no pure movie experience just by the nature of a movie. So I don't – my my view on movie reactions is I think movies are like actual miracles that they exist. It's the fact that they get done when you hear about how much of a struggle it is to get a movie made. The fact that we know firsthand, you know, as we, we might option our own work and never see it ever get close to being made a movie. Yeah. And when something happens – when something gets that far, it's an actual miracle. So even a movie like, like say, Dipshit Heat that we watched, which was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life, if I talk about it later, I feel like I had an experience that was interesting. I find, it just like if you see bad artwork, I like the way you called it artwork. You see bad artwork, you don't look at something and say, I hate it or I like it. There's too much, you got to process that shit. Yeah. So even, and even the worst movie is... Mm-hmm an attempt to be a piece of art is, you know, people resist it and they say art house, fuck that. I hated it. it follows. It wasn't, you know, it tried to be something it tried to be this, this, uh, serious thing, you know, or, or the, the Babadook, they hated that kid because it touched on actual, um, child trauma and shit. It's like this stuff, do not resist this stuff because even your beloved goon movies are, art in some well, it's way one because
0: of those, it's one of those weird things Sorry to interrupt but it's one of those weird things it's like i go to horror movies to watch other people be uncomfortable not to be uncomfortable myself
1: yeah <laughs> yeah like what is, there's no way you're going to get a horror movie experience that is exactly what you set out to do unless um unless you've seen the worst of them maybe if you've seen those prefab cult movies like fucking sharknado where you go to have you talk at the screen and i mean that's I would even call those movies though, you know. No, so, they're not. They're my really my, not. Hip, my hypocrisy knows no bounds. Like I just discounted an entire genre even though I said all movies were miracles. I don't fucking care because like the a horror movie is is an animal that when done at all um kind of negates the expectations you think you'd get from any other movie. So
0: Well, it's like all movies might be miracles, but a movie that is not a dumpster fire is a double miracle. You know, so when you have something like hereditary, yeah, I mean, it's like if you walk out of it and okay, so I'm jumping around a lot, but I'm going to focus in on this. I'm going to go back to people's feelings on movies and how they're completely invalid.
1: There are people (laughs) I think that's we when we came to that conclusion a couple shows ago, I I still think about it. I I still think about how important it is that people realize that their own opinion about a movie is invalid. Go ahead. Completely
0: invalid. Okay, because you have some people who are who are contradictory and it feels like there a lot of his movie choices seem to be based around what the consensus is
1: and how it will look depending on you know which and how, way he goes and how know? can he help it how can he help it it's a, it's inherent in the movie experience that right. your opinion is based on other people's experiences right right and I don't even know I don't even it's know poison. if he I don't even know if
0: he thinks because he when we've talked about it before he's, he's been like what the fuck are you talking about I just like the movies that I like which I think we're <laughs> all kind of stuck with right like when you we see all this in other people but then when it comes to us it's like no what, what are you talking about it's just the thing that I like but the so moving forward there are people who don't like to be made to feel uncomfortable in a movie right so if it's Mm -hmm. if it's they want to go to see the horror movie and they want it to be scary what do they want from scary oh they want to be made to jump a few times their heart races a little bit they're like oh god that fits very well within the paradigm of what I understand a quote unquote scary movie to be but they don't want to be made to feel genuinely uncomfortable which is what we touched on earlier comedy movies right it's like They want to go and they want to see a very specific form of comedy, and if it doesn't match what they think is funny, then the movie itself fails, right? It's not that Mm -hmm. the jokes fell flat. It's that the movie itself is bad, on and on and on. But none of it really investigates any of these things along a continuum as like – what if you looked at movies as – the movie that you're watching right now, think about the movie you watched right before it. And then think about how what that movie did to your brain is affecting the way you perceive this next movie. Of course. You know? and,
1: also, and also the how you're watching it through the eyes of everyone else that's in the room. So just like the same way you, you have a movie that you love and then you play it for someone to show them. You're like, this movie is great. And then they, they're not engaging with it. You don't like it. You like it a little bit less mm-hmm. because you're seeing it through somebody else's eyes. So when you're in a theater – and you feel the way the wind's blowing, you're sort of at the mercy of them, and it's not that you're going to feel the same way as they do. You might be a contrarian like your friend, who is like, whatever they're feeling, fuck it. I don't. I feel the the opposite. And all these things are human nature, you know? And when I was watching Hereditary, I remember thinking there was a lot of people that were talking about it, saying, well, you're not going to like it if you're there for jump scares. It doesn't have those. First of all, what the fuck are they talking about? That movie has a half dozen textbook jump scares in it it's just that they don't they don't realize that they're there because it's it feels like the movie is doing something that that it's not supposed to be doing so they have to categorize it and say it's not it's not this other thing but it does do all those things. It does have all those tropes. It's got jump scares on séance tables. Give me a fucking break. That's right out of the playbook of the latest paranormal activity. You know and what I'm if,
0: saying? Yeah, and if you think about it from terms of in the in terms, sorry, of uh, a concert for example, right? If everybody's kind of at a bar, a dive bar, and a band gets on and they're playing their set, and everybody's kind of drinking beer and watching, not really doing anything, then the band can get off and it could be like okay that was fine whatever but if you have those one or two people who are super lit and they start dancing and like knocking into people and and everybody kind of gets <laughs> into it and starts and they start chanting and everybody else starts chanting now it's an epic show the same show the same band playing the same set which kind of brings me to the the reason why so many people i think right now don't like to read books and it's because There was a tweet – I think half of this episode has been me referencing tweets that I saw. But there was this tweet that I saw recently that got pretty righteously panned where this guy was like, I would love to be able to have a feature within my book where I can interact with my friends' thoughts on it and stuff. Kindle kind of has that already, the highlight <laughs> section. You can see. What, and there's a post that somebody did where he quote tweeted it and he says, Jesus Christ, learn to be alone for three seconds. You know? <laughs> no shit. And it's like, no shit. And it's, but I think that's people's problems with books right now is that, you know, I read a book yesterday. It was about 250 pages. I was alone for a couple hours. And when I came out of that, that world, I had. And you know, this is a little you know, um, cool kid points for me. It's a book that's not out yet, so like I had no, oh, I had look at no you. yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so I had no nobody like no pitchfork article to go read to see what to think about it. Like nobody was talking about it online. It's just a thing that exists that I experienced, and I right? think that people I, are super uncomfortable with that.
1: that. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I took I was off Facebook for two days. I told you this. I read two books, but cover to cover and i had no one to talk about them with for the exact opposite reason of you as i usually read books about 5 years after they're popular right. so nobody you know god forbid you talk about a book that isn't out at that month because you're not you know part of the conversation
0: sure
1: that's the exact same thing bugs me about with books is you got to read them the year they come out or no one gives a fuck mm-hmm. and and it's it's just not how i operate like i i'm resistant to whatever everybody else is reading yeah but but to go back to your point about um about the uh the audience and the way they react like it's i was enjoying them bouncing off the the jump scares and people reacting to it but there seems to be this contract with a horror movie where people have this disrespect for it and they think they're obligated to talk through it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's that we've complained about that before with just you know really stupid people like to talk at the movie. But these people uh, in a horror movie, the entire crowd seemed to have, have agreed beforehand that they were going to do the bullshit about don't go in there. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? And it, it was their way of releasing that tension.
0: Yeah,
1: they, they seem. And um. my sister was hilarious. She was there with me and she was so annoyed. She was so annoyed by all this endless chatter because she was, I actually tried to joke around with her in the middle of the movie. And she's like, I'm in the, I'm in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like She wanted to, she wanted to take it all in very seriously. And mm-hmm. I was having those moments of I kind of wanted to dispel the tension by making some crack about the decapitation. Right. And she's she's like, zip it. So when it was over, she actually started clapping. She was like, good job, everyone. Good job. You made it through your first movie. <laughs> <laughs> she said it like in top volume to this fucking audience who, was, who were just trying to work through the fact that they were in a movie that was a little uncomfortable like you yeah, described.
0: right right and, and it's like and they have to say something it's one of those things um what what oh god what film was it this maybe it was anchorman or something where the brick the steve carell character like the care everybody's yelling at each other and he's you know oh loud noises loud noises <laughs> yeah it's kind of like that it's these fucking morons who go to these movies and they they just don't can't deal they don't know what to do with it but um Dude, we're hitting an hour, man. We got, we got to, we got to, wrap, we got to wrap it up soon.
1: Well, let me ask you. Um, I had a question about a scene. Yeah. Because um, I was confused about it. This has yeah. kind of become our, our one of our features is where Dave asks Dave mm-hmm. about very obvious things that happen in movies that he doesn't understand. Sure. So, do you remember when he she burns the diary? Uh, yes, yes. So she, uh, I just am so confused. So she wants Gabriel Byrne to, Gabriel Byrne. Hey. To burn the diary, and I assumed it was going to be this, because she says goodbye to him, mm-hmm. and I assumed they've already established that she tosses it in there and ignites, so it's dangerous, but she wants to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So if she gets him to do it, he'll catch on fire. Mm. And then then she throws it in, and he catches on fire. So what did I miss? Like, did... Um, <laughs> I, is it is it just a fuck you to the audience? I think it
0: is, and I think that you're you can play really sort of fast and loose when it's some kind of demonic entity because along the same lines, I wasn't a hundred percent sure about the rules as far as possession worked because like so is there there's still a part of the
1: the host within that body? Okay, so right? she was she was sad, sure, that, and saying goodbye, yes, and at the same time she was tricking him, yes. And that's why she was saying goodbye, but she didn't need to because that's, that's why
0: I was going to say earlier when you mentioned that the, the girl's performance was really affected as this kind of isolated, uh, effective as this isolated child. I think that she's still in there. I think it's, it's not as simple as like the demon, takes I would say, over.
1: I would, I would say affected too. There are a yeah. lot of, a lot of quirks. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: <laughs> Luckily, nobody did that in my theater during, during Oh, the my screening. God, they yeah. did
1: that. They did it, too. Yeah.
0: Rios, it. Rios, the first time that she went to go see it, she said that people were doing that in the theater, too. And it, once again, it goes to, like, can we, like, seriously, can we please not do that? Like, I want to... Like, they made this movie. Like, I don't want... I don't know. I fucking hate people, dude. But anyway, so, yeah, I think that the rules are a little fast and loose, especially towards the end. But I was, I was pretty okay with it.
1: I would say... It- like, a lot of people are resistant to it because they're talking about it as art house. And I think that they they need to hear from us that it's pretty fun. It, it's for horror movie people. It really is not alienating to people that like horror. I know we talk shit about them as, like, gore hounds and goons. Mm-hmm. But I think they'd also enjoy it. I think that it get, it delivers the goods. Yeah. Like, on a on a will-I-have-fun scale. Right. It's, I'd put it between... I would put it between It Follows and The Ritual, Mm -hmm, and between mm -hmm. that and Babadook and The Witch, would I? Which I think um, give more of a which alienate a little more people. I would I would say it's up there with The Ritual and It Follows as far as will you have fun watching it? Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely not Neon Demon, Beyond the Black Rainbow territory. It's definitely not which I love those movies. Sure, I love Neon Demon.
0: I thought that was great.
1: Yeah, but I think people don't want to necessarily see that um as much as um as we do you know yeah, right and if you think if you think this is art house horror man you have not experienced you know a ghost story where rooney mara real time eats a eats an entire pie like that's right. that's that's, that's art house horror
0: well and it's also it's one of those things too it kind of reminds me of people who think that it's fancy if you go to a dinner and they have like more than one fork and they're like what is this oh high society over here That's you know what i mean point. it's like one of those things it's if it, there's not a a serial killer in a mask who's like <laughs> you know calling people on the phone and being like are you scared of my voice people are like but it, it kind of
1: does it kind it's fucking it's got a coven of witches it's got yeah. seances yeah. if they they substitute a, a, a ouija board with a with a candle because they they probably knew that a ouija board was just too on the nose mm-hmm. but that's what mm-hmm. they want to do sure. you know sure i don't know what what do you have you seen we did talk about this a little bit i think on on the phone The his talk about art house horror his move his short movie where the kid rapes his dad
0: dude i love that so much how disturbing yeah. was that
1: oh my god and i i had to i had to do a search for it with those terms and i would i would warn anyone. Listening not to search for kid rapes dad movie. Yeah, because Google will say, do you know that that's illegal? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it really did say that to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's called the uh, it's called the strange case of the Johnsons. I yes, think. yeah,
1: that was fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it really just, was. It it actually has kind of a a Tyler Perry vibe, like it like I, I feel, oh
0: I could see that yeah totally. I feel
1: like Tyler Perry with all his moralizing
0: mm-hmm. would
1: would do that if he could yeah right uh, i don't I don't know if that's too much of a stretch but
0: well no i mean he does have movies where a woman cheats on her husband and gets hiv you know mm-hmm. like he's
1: extremely moralistic right and, like that's, he... and that thing is a more uh, that is a morality tale that weird short that he made mm-hmm. which makes me want to look at the her, i saw it after hereditary it makes me want to look at through a different lens um but That's some weird shit. I feel I mean, like Hereditary is pretty amoral, right? It is. It is. But that's what's. It's gleefully amoral. Like Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, yeah. Like and like the director of Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's you true. know what I mean? But like, yeah. I think horror fans, if they went back into this guy's movie shorts, they would see that's what you think this is. It's really not. He does. He did do that. But he's reaching out. He's he is throwing an olive leaf to the to horror fans with this movie and saying, I, I did that other stuff. I'm doing something that's pretty mainstream.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't know. I just feel like these fucking losers don't know a good thing when they got it. And if they do, they say the good thing is too good. So it ruins it.
0: All right. So this last thing that I wanted to talk about was. This group of uh, nerds that got together and made a petition to remake the Last Jedi. The I guess the way that they <laughs> want it to be. Did you see this?
1: Uh, no, I saw the last the Last Jedi. Okay, so I there's I didn't see I didn't see this petition.
0: There's currently a movement uh, among nerd film Twitter. Literally, there was a petition that was written for Disney to remake the Last Jedi. And then some guy was like, "I will raise the funds to remake it myself." Which <laughs> Ryan Johnson retweeted him, quote tweeted him, and said, "Please, please, 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 let this happen."
1: You know, <laughs> he just seems like a pretty chill dude. Um, I, I actually kind of liked that movie compared to the last one. I, I hated Force Awakens. I liked I them liked, both. I liked them both. I mean, it was this one clearly had a real director. Like there was a real there was real skill there. I thought, sure, and I liked the. I like that red room fight where it oh that was beautiful pissed, yeah where it pissed on like the legacy of of the other movies it was like yeah we're we're cleaning house yeah that was that's kind of badass
0: i thought it was awesome i thought the last jedi was really really good but i liked the force awakens also i'm extremely uncritical of Star Wars movies in the way that I'm hypercritical of of Marvel. That's my personal hypocrisy <laughs> where I like I dig deep into the ass of the Marvel movies where when Star Wars comes out, I'm like, you know what? This is the fucking McDonald's toy franchise that I like. So I'm going to give it a pass. Maybe,
1: maybe it's because it's a little more overt about saying that it's for kids where Marvel movies are for man babies you know
0: sure well i'm kind of a man child and i like star wars so i don't really know what to make of that but okay close here we go i'm gonna bang it out so this goes to something that we kind of talked about over many episodes which is this kind of um we all know that movies are commodities but it seems as we've gotten generation after generation customers and consumers have gotten worse and worse and more and more entitled and there's this really weird thing going on where if a piece of art or, or a film or what have you does not meet your exact specifications for what you wanted it to be, it's not just that it disappointed you because it didn't do what you wanted, but it's actually bad and it should be destroyed. Which is just the
1: exact opposite. I don't. I really don't think anybody knows how to look at art anymore. They. They don't. These. They're. Uh, they're fucking losers. They need to see more. See more movies. You. I- Although I I see the irony of of me calling people who don't see enough movies losers. <laughs> sure, I I'm calling people losers who don't like to sit in a dark room as much as I do with strangers eating candy. Well, for for, for people who like if this is
0: the the first episode that you're listening to. Me and Dave can come off as like pretty condescending, but you have to understand the depths with which we actually hate ourselves. You know, yes, so it's, yes, so yes. It, it balances itself out.
1: It does, and if you. It's like um, earlier we are talking about uh, this urge to talk politics and we want to talk movies. I actually came ac- across a quote, which I thought was pretty amazing. Go for it. You know, pa- Pauline kale She's like my yes. all-time Queen. favorite movie Queen, reviewer. So good. Um, I think she was talking about – it was right after Dirty Harry came out, and that which was considered kind of a fascist movie. And she said – this was post-72, so Nixon was in office – And she said, you know, I live in a kind of a bubble and I only know one person who voted for Nixon. So where they are in the real world, I don't know. But she goes, sometimes when I'm in a theater, I can feel them. Interesting. Wow. (laughs) So I I think she's both like celebrating the fact that when you're in a movie theater, you're in it together. Mm -hmm. But also maybe we need a little dose of being dipped in that pile of shit that Mm -hmm. is the average moviegoer to see it through their eyes. You know, otherwise... We don't cross paths with them. This is the only time that you get to. We're all put in the same room and watching the same piece of art. Well, that's why I think that the New York Times and
0: and publications like that have it half right. Because, you know, they're always trying to, let's see it from the perspective of the Nazi or, you know, the deep Mm -hmm. state, the deep South voter or whatever. And the thing is, is that they try to empathize and it's really, really wrong headed. It's important to have interviews i think with neo-nazis and like the deep south racist type motherfuckers but it's important to have those just so that you can remember how deeply deeply wrong and evil those people are to like kind of keep you fresh keep you on your toes you know what i mean and i think like maybe going to a movie is kind of like that you know you sit down you're like wow nobody in here can sit still everybody's talking uh I remember when I was, I was like, I was such a fucking dork in elementary school. It all went off the rails in high school, but in elementary school, I was Mr. Rules follower. And uh, (laughs) it used to just drive me crazy that like people in class would talk and pass notes. I was like, I was a little tiny, like fascist. You know, I was like the cop. I would be like, I was the snitch, the cop, whatever. But it used to drive me crazy that nobody could sit still. And now I guess, even though hopefully I've changed a little bit here I later think, in my I life think i still you. i still can't stand that people it's not that i want everybody to follow the rules it's just like i just want you to sit
1: still for an hour and a well, half I, I think that we want them to enjoy it like we do yeah. i will throw all my anti-authoritarian shit goes out the window when i go into a movie theater all of a sudden i am a fucking hardliner sit still <laughs> shut up we're going to watch this together. We're going to share this experience. Yeah. You know? Scream if you're
0: scared. Laugh if you find something <laughs> funny. Gasp if you're surprised. But right. otherwise,
1: shut the fuck. That, rem- that reminds me of a final thing. I, movie Gremlin. I, this is a new – a new. Um, there's, a, there's a new anomaly out there. I went to sit down in my reserve seat and it was it was like a seat in the gym. It was full of sweat, dude. Tight. It was, it had a pool of what had, it was not, this was not soda. This was not, this was not, you know, whatever. um, Was it it pee-pee? Whatever three course meal you can get at these fancy theaters now. It wasn't urine. I didn't smell it, but I feel like I know what sweat is from a distance from all the time spent, like going to a machine after someone else works out on it. Yeah, getting yoked, bro. That was sweat. So does that mean – what does that mean? Can we decipher that? that- yeah,
0: no, I know what it means. Uh, there was somebody who was probably 450 pounds sitting oh, in that no. seat before you. And oh, like no. it was really, really difficult to breathe. And when things got a little bit intense on screen, I think that just like probably whatever Oreos they were eating started oh, just seeping
1: no. through their pores. So that's probably what happened. So it was a sort of a gross nerdgasm that happened in that seat. But Yes. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. Like I thought – maybe that but then there was somebody next to me when i saw jurassic house and both this guy and his girlfriend just kicked off their shoes when they sat down so their bare feet oh were oh my god but you get you have more room in those reserved seats yeah. so it wasn't it wasn't like a foot was right next to me but i was thinking maybe people are sweating through their clothes because they're wearing pajamas and they're kicking off their shoes and it's like uh, like people when they fly on an airplane these days mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. show up in their they show up in their pajamas so maybe people are going to start showing up to movie theaters with the fucking neck pillow and their yeah. jambies on and their, and their fucking uh, rabbit footies. Right. And, and maybe that's why I'm getting – there's bodily fluids in the seats. I don't know, man. It's, it was I'd never seen it before and I'd never seen so many shoes off yeah. in a theater. In a theater. But right. I think this is our, our cue that we're done. Amy has just walked through the door with, with a plant. I assume she stole from someone's porch because she went for a walk but came back with a plant. Very cool. Well, that'll, well, say that'll hi, do say it. Say hi. to Dave, Amy. Hi, Dave. It's my plant. I took it from my office. I'm no thief. Okay. Oh well, yeah. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That didn't sound very convincing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm no thief. Sounds exactly like something a thief That's would say. Exactly.
1: What? Yeah. Likely story. <laughs> All right, dude. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right.